And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Just about 12 hours past the end of NXT TakeOver Dallas. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI, joined as always by Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Doc, did NXT take over your heart? Absolutely good, sir. Uh, that was a great wrestling show that we watched last night with um, some minor exceptions and, you know... For those in the audience, perhaps, who aren't as quick on the take, could you tell us what music we just played at the top of the show here? We just played The Rising Sun, the theme for uh, NXT's next big star. Uh, Excuse me, Austin Aries, you can move over there to the sidelines here, um, because we are living in the world of one Shinsuke Nakamura, so... Uh, that's my big question to you there, Mr. Manson, or Dr. Manson, excuse me. For, uh, for someone who has not experienced Nakamura before, your initial thoughts, sir? That is the coolest piece of new music that I can think of, and it fit very well. Uh, with his entrance immediate personality obvious uh, he has a way about him a charisma uh, if you will that is extremely supremely dare I say entertaining uh, I was sold on Mr. Nakatomi Plaza uh, about four minutes into the match there was this little exchange between he and Sami Zayn. I mean, I'm, I'm of course I'm gl- I'm glossing over just his entrance. I was I mean in the entrance alone, I had a big doofy grin on my face. Him, you know, slinking back towards the ropes and showing just how limber this he he is. Uh, I mean, beyond that, beyond the theatrics which caught my eye, as soon as they had that first exchange where they they, they exchanged some strikes, uh, basically dodging each other. And there was this moment where, you know, he broke out, I guess, the first signs of that strong style. He kicked Sami Zayn, threw him back onto the mat, and then went for this stomp, which Sami Zayn, you know, rolled out of the way. It was just this quick sort of exchange. And, again, I'm not super up-to-date on strong style, but just those movements, the intensity there, his intention to harm, you know, uh, there was something very believable about the physicality there. Even though, you know, that stomp did not connect, I think that same exchange did happen later in the match and did connect. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, immediately, just the, immediately, I knew, okay, there is something here. 
And I think the rest of that match uh, bore that out for me. How about yourself, DC? I've seen Nakamura before. I've enjoyed Nakamura before, but this uh, was on a completely different level. And I think we have to give credit. You know, Nakamura is the new, um, you know, he's the novelty here. But we have to give credit to one Mr. Sami Zayn. This is probably the best way to end his NXT career from start to finish. You know, he got an extra long entrance. Um, The match itself was uh, of a supremely high quality, and then he got a chance to, you know, kind of wave goodbye to the fans, and he did a a heck of a job. If if he doesn't get a a legitimate shot in WWE, uh, it will not be for lack of effort because he... He is a, a wizard there in the ring. So I enjoyed that match uh, a whole lot. You know, I, I had hoped you would too. One of the problems with not watching it live is, you know, you try to avoid spoilers. So I was, you know, basically living in the dark ages for most of the morning. And, uh, you know, but a lot of times I'm going, all right, you know, I hope, you know, Doc is enjoying the entrance and the, the you know, bending over backwards, and then there was one thing where he, like, put his leg up on the turnbuckle and then wrapped his body around that it. That was the limberness sort of I was serp- speaking Serpentine of, yeah. way it was, but, uh, it was, I was very, very good. I, you know, for the first time, there's this moment in wrestling that you see all the time where they're, like, trading forearms to the head, and, you know, the heel gets booed and the face gets cheered and it goes back and forth like that. This was the first time I've ever seen it where they both got cheered. So it was just, yay, yay, yay. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, there was a lot of great moments mm-hmm. in that match. I, I will also say uh, this was also the first time I've ever heard the fight forever chant, which oh. <laughs> I enjoyed. You <laughs> yes, don't hear that that, was- that often. No, absolutely not. Um, so besides Mr. Nakamura, um, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of exceptions to the fact that it was a positive show. Um, I have a Well, few- do you want to do that or do you want to just start at the beginning of the well, card? Well, we should probably go through. I, you know, I took notes on the off chance that this was going to turn into columns or, li- or quote-unquote t- live tweeting. Um, but, you know... I I feel bad for Apollo Cruz. I don't feel bad for the grifter. He doesn't belong on uh, an no. NXT pay per view, so to I speak. I don't really know what they were thinking by even giving him a match on Takeover. I understand he's a new talent in the company, and he's probably one of these you know homegrown talents. But you've got so many people who are still just in NXT that. That roster has enough depth that you can't just put a guy like the Grifter on what is essentially one of your pay-per-views mm-hmm. without any sort of build or reason. Or I mean, I know they did. I know they did build it, but I mean, he's not ready for that stage. No, he's just not. They had a picture. A picture was going around on Twitter of Triple H, kind of you know, obviously giving a pep talk to the troops. But what was interesting was in the picture. In the background, you could see uh, Simon Gotch of the Vaudevillains, not a part of this pay-per-view. Uh, Alexa Bliss, not a part of this pay-per-view. Mojo Raleigh, not a part of this uh, event, or whatever we're going to call it. Um, you know, there was a lot of talent there. You know, I, while many of you might not agree, Nia Jax and Eva Marie were not a part of this show either. Thankfully. So, 
So, you know, it was interesting that he would have even potentially gotten a spot over uh, some of them. But it got bumped to the pre-show. I didn't watch it. I probably didn't miss anything. Apollo Crews won. Mm-hmm. I and, didn't watch it either. Um, you know, the only I thing... I, I don't feel I missed anything. No, the only thing I thought about it was, you know, Apollo Crews is very quickly, if, you know, if we're being led to believe that some of the people we saw in the crowd are NXT bound at some point. You know, we saw Japanese star Kota Ibushi, who's probably going to be part of the cruiserweight thing. Uh, We saw one Mr. Bobby Roode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe he was just there. But if he gets signed, you know, Apollo Crews is facing a very very big uphill battle, regardless of the other uphill battle that he has to face just being who he is. What are you trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say unless you are, you know, wearing a unicorn horn, ah. it's it's difficult to, you know, it seems to be, and this is all I'm going to say about it, it seems to be uh, difficult for a person of color to advance very far. You know, they seem to have a spot for like one or two of them, and that's it, so... I don't know what's going to happen with uh, young Apollo Crews. But all I can say is Apollo Crews seems supremely talented as well. He since his debut has been falling into the background and I don't know why that is. He's highly athletic. He does not have much personality. Would as you we call him about. I I tweeted this out. He is dangerously close to being and forgive me, a black hole of charisma. Uh, you know, I don't think so. I think he does have charisma. I think he has a physical presence that actually translates into what I consider a positive uh, charisma. However, what he does not have is personality. But I don't think they've really given him much chance to have one. Um, In his debut, he did the big smiling thing because it was his debut on a grand stage. Like That made sense, but he hasn't... There's been no additions to his character since that time. And that is the current issue I have with Apollo Crews, is that he is a static character, and I'm looking for something more dynamic. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the the show opened, oddly enough, I didn't expect it to open, with the tag team titles, American Alpha versus The Revival. Hey, a great way to get that crowd going. It did a fantastic job, and, you know, I, I'm not... We don't go with win-loss records here in terms of our predictions and productions. I Maybe we should start. Apparently. I did not do well. Because if you count Cruz, you literally are five for six. And to be honest with you, after the tag match happened and the women's match happened, I think I would have called an audible if that were allowed and changed my response. Because on the they're not going to change all of their champions at one show. That was my feeling, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... You know, so I, I I got two right if you count crew, and both of them were ones obviously we agreed on. Um, yes, but uh, I did say this was going to be a a tag team match for the ages, and I stand by it. I saw a tweet you were sharing with our bestie of the month, Nate. Uh, you know, there was a bit of the formula that you have. No, don't don't sugarcoat it. There was not a bit of the formula. The formula was intact. However. They put on a phenomenal 
wrestling match with so much going on, so many unique spots and components that I have never seen before that they overcame the fact that they were still following essentially the set American Alpha formula. Mm-hmm. I didn't that did not bother me given all of the creativity that they put in to that match around it. Yes, I from the beginning uh you know Scott Dawson breaking out a top wrist lock which you don't see that often and Dawkins just, that's not his name. After oh, this, sorry. after this, you're gonna. After watching that match, you're still not gonna give these guys the credit they deserve. I. Okay, you're right. They get credit. American Alpha could not have done that with just anybody. Yes. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it was it was great because you know they had multiple moments where American Alpha seemed like they were just going to dominate. Revival couldn't get started. Um, you know, at one point they tried to tag Scott Dawson tried to tag Dash Wilder while standing on the floor. <laughs> they tried to like <laughs> tag each other in, and the referee was like, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> I uh, like the part where uh, it was towards the end of the match, but where all four of them were in the ring and. You know, Dash and Dawson kind of got sandwiched together, and they were practically trying to hug each other to prevent the double suplex that was yes. coming. Yes. Like that was just a phenomenal moment. Yeah, uh, the looks on their faces sold it so very you know, well. At one point, one of them crawls all the way under the ring to pull yes! the partner out. It <laughs> that was, was a, so goofy, yes. it, and and I'm okay with that. I am okay yes. with a little bit of wrestle silly in there because it was it was just a fantastic. Here, here, here's the thing: I, I have problems with tag team wrestling generally because it is formulaic. I know mostly on the show I've talked about specifically the American Alpha formula, but tag team wrestling in general is formulaic. Uh, That match last night made me a believer. I now believe that with matches like that, I could regularly enjoy Tag team tag wrestling. Well, and that and that I think is what it is. Is those four guys were uniquely qualified based on uh, skills, based on talent, based on charisma and chemistry to show us what tag team wrestling could be. And I and I think that's what it is. Hopefully, we see that because I think also I mentioned the Vaudevillains. You know, I think they could also be part of that. They've got their own unique thing. You know, uh, no on Blake and Murphy. And I don't know if there are any other NXT tag teams right now. but Are Blake and Murphy even a thing anymore? I don't are, think I've seen them in months. They are now just, like, they escort Alexa Bliss to the ring. I'm pretty sure that's all they do. Yeah. So, um, you know, okay, I, there was a pattern to the, you know, Gable does his Gable thing, Gable gets beat up a bit, tags in Jordan, who I'm now officially going to say, right now, WWE, NXT, if I had to pick one person to watch their suplexes it's Jason Jordan over Brock Lesnar when you said NXT uh, and WWE oh okay I'm lumping them both together if I had to pick only one Brock Lesnar's suplexes are great but since he does he over relies on the German suplex he does so you know I I, might uh, I mean I could favorably throw in Bailey I think um Sometimes her setups to those Bailey to bellies are, are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'm with you. Yeah. So, I, you know, uh, like you said, a, f- a perfect way to start off that show. The crowd was hot. The crowd was into it. The crowd was on their feet. And then Baron Corbin yeah. came out. 
wearing the best looking <laughs> Diablo 2 style, you know, necromancer. What are those called when you the things you wear on your shoulders? Cal- cauldrons or pauldrons? What is the uh, whatever the the, the well, shoulder like the, well, like the military spells. ones are called epaulets, I think. So uh, I'm thinking more like medieval term, but regardless, uh, he looked like an idiot. He looked like they recycled some skulls from Triple H's old WrestleMania entrance. That's you know glued them onto his vest and Paul. Oh you, you were right. Pauldrons is what Pauldrons you're looking for. Okay. Uh, Pauldron would be the big bold yeah. right there. Which he he looked like he was auditioning to be in some sort of summer stock version of the Wyatt family. Yeah. You know. Uh, I guess if there's one thing that came out of that is I now believe he could join the Wyatt family. I I'm being, you know, uh the match I you feel bad for the you know, I there's a there is an art form to crafting the perfect lineup and when you've got a match like that trying to figure out where to put it is hard because you don't, you know, it, it's bound to come after a really good match. So the crowd felt completely flat during that match, and I think it was just because that was more of what I would call a WWE-style match, where the heel slowly has control th- and is wearing down the babyface. And I think the crowd remained in it because the novelty of seeing Austin Aries in that ring mm-hmm. uh, carried them through more so than it might otherwise, but I don't think they can rely on that reaction again. Yeah. They could only do that here because it was his debut match. Mm. Um, now, we need to talk it, about... It could have been flatter than it was, I guess is my point. We need to talk about something important here. Uh, Baron Corbin seems to have been uh, cutting weight a little bit. He looks a little slimmer, maybe again getting ready for uh, a WWE run. But the problem is the crease. Remains? And it's it's gathering allies for some sort of <laughs> stomach battle of the worlds or something. Because if you go back and watch that match, and I don't think anyone's going to, but if you go back and watch that match, it, it there are now creases. It's plural. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing to add to that. You're you know, well, if you look right. at if you look at old pictures of him, he's obviously lost a ridiculous amount of weight since you know maybe his football playing days. But the skin is still there, so yeah. But and, and um, that- I mean, the one thing I will say about this match was uh, when they were outside on the floor there, that deep six mm-hmm. uh, onto the floor was as impactful as anything I think I've seen. Well, maybe with the exception of Joe throwing Finn over the barricade and killing a was, security guard and killing a security was, guard because that was ridiculous. But. One thing at a time. That deep six on the floor was the best thing I've ever seen Baron Corbin do. Well, and, and he has moments of that. There are certain like moves. You know, end of days is a pretty impressive finisher when it's not the only thing you see him do for months on end. So you know Agreed. he's got some some moves and some skills there, but it it is you know it is compounded by the fact that. You know he's got he's he is missing some pieces. I liked seeing him wrestle that you know methodical style. Although I did wind up like getting up and throwing laundry in. You know it didn't have my attention the same way I expected. Um, yeah, I mean he he took control of that match for too much of it for my liking. But mm-hmm. I mean when you have a such a drastic size difference, I'm not sure what else you are yeah. supposed to do. Now you've seen Austin Aries before, correct? He is someone oh, yeah, you I, are familiar with. 
Uh, I, I saw him wrestle a ton in TNA as X Division Champion, and I forget what it's called, but they had a pay-per-view for a while where the X Division Champion could choose to cash in their belt. So the belt would go up um, to be you know vacated, the X Division belt, and that the champion would get a title shot against, against the, the heavyweight world champion. Interesting. Exactly. And that was always a cool concept, whether or not they were going to choose to cash it in that way or not. And Austin Aries did, and he won. And so we had this dynamic there for a while where he was playing you know, the little guy heavyweight champion. And he could go, you know, minute to minute with guys way, way bigger than him. And he made it super believable. It was the first time I heard him, you know, sort of really using that greatest man ever live uh, tagline that he does mm-hmm. use and he is he is very talented Austin Aries so is there a rubric you know to be qualified as the greatest man who ever lived do you think like he had to like is there criteria or something I, I, I wonder that because they kept talking about it all the time and I'm like well what are, where what are we comparing him to you know obviously he's greater than I am but well without a doubt I'm just sounds fine um you know, I hope he gets a chance to have a match against someone who he can shine a little more with. You know, especially since that match ended with a roll up. You know, it was like he, yeah, it was like he snuck one out. You know, he was not the superior athlete, and then you know he he snuck a win out there. So I'd love to see him get a match against. You know, a, I mean, even a Finn ending, Balor would be good. Or that ending made sense for the story they told in yes. that match. But again, just like I said about you know Kalisto and Ryback coming up for WrestleMania, I'm not very interested in little man, big man uh, matches anymore. I've seen those. And eking out a win here, yeah, I think it continues their feud, but it's not particularly interesting to me. No. Uh, then we get to, again, and we started off the show talking about this man, you know, the debuting Shinsuke Nakamura with his fantastic music and his entrance that, you know, I think Finn Balor standing backstage should have, if he had watched that entrance, I think would have gone to the to the restroom and washed off the paint. Because I think he would have yeah. just been like, forget it. <laughs> I'm just going to walk to the ring. Where's my leather jacket? Uh, I mean, we can get to that uh, later on, but yeah. Nakamura's uh, entrance was phenomenal. Yes. I- Immediately, I saw the personality in his movements, mm-hmm. and I knew that I was potentially about to see something special. Yeah. And we did. We yeah. really, really did. And credit also, as you said before, to Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal match. Yeah. Great well, and, send-off. And, and, you know, I, I, I want to talk about uh, the role of, of blood, obviously, based on a future match that we're going to talk about uh, in a bit. But how did they not, like, break bones? How did they, you know, they were pounding each other with kicks and strikes and punches. And all, and I'm, like, expecting, you know, bruising on the face and all of that kind of stuff. So it was, it was very, very good. I liked that one, you know. If that is Sami Zayn's final NXT match, and I imagine it is, barring some sort of special guest appearance or something, that's the one... You know, to go on. I was hoping that either some of the roster or Triple H or William Regal would come out and kind of, you know, 
and you know, not they didn't even have to say anything, but just coming out and giving Sami Zayn a hug as like some sort of symbolic thank you for everything you've done, you know, best of luck kind of thing. Though him getting the chance to wave to the crowd was probably good enough. Um, what was after that? Are we at Bailey and Oscar? We are Bailey and Oscar. Your new NXT Women's Champion, as you again predicted. You got all the first five matches. You got exactly right there, sir. I'm pretty good. Uh, but that was... I'm very happy with Asuka being the new NXT Women's Champion. And I'm also somewhat pleased with... I am I'm definitely pleased with the end of that match. Right after we had seen Nakamura and Sami Zayn, and Nakamura offered the hand, and they shook, and, you know, Sami Zayn got his, you know, sort of emotional send-off. At the end of this match... I liked the fact that they did not do that. Bailey was in a heap, sort of, outside of mm-hmm. the ring being tended to by the referee. Yep. And Asuka did what she does. She got out of the ring. She sort of looked back at Bailey. It looked like there was a moment where perhaps she was going to go to her. And I no, was so can't, glad you, you can't that do they that. did not. Yeah, you can't do that two matches in a row. You can't do it two matches in a row. And honestly, for Asuka's character... and. Honestly, she is. This is going to sound strange to you, probably, but I am a big. Uh, as we ta- as we discovered <laughs> on the last episode of DDT Wrestling, I'm a big Kaiju fan, or Kaiju, I suppose. But um, Godzilla, very much so in in the secondary series, uh, the ninth throughout the nineties, uh, was considered more uh, less less a monster and more a force of nature, and. To me, that is how Asuka has been booked since joining NXT. She is just this unstoppable force that is moving through that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for her to show any sort of remorse or... Even, even I mean, sportsmanship, you know, in, in that sense, the... And I think I think I don't get me wrong. I didn't get the same thing that I got from when she, you know, sort of did that stare down with Emma, and Emma turned away. I didn't get that. I did get more of a vibe of appreciation from Oscar towards Bailey. Mm-hmm. I, I did interpret it that way, but it was more of an acknowledgement of, you know, I, she was acknowledging that Bailey was a warrior. But at the same time, Asuka was standing tall to reinforce that, yes, you performed well as a warrior, but I vanquished you. Yes. You know what I mean? And I just thought that moment was excellent for Asuka and her character. Mm -hmm. Now, now that I'm done praising her, I will say, I didn't think this match was that good. No, I don't. I don't think they gelled particularly well I, together. I, I enjoyed the most recent Oscar Emma match more than I enjoyed this one. Exactly. Uh, there, there was a, and maybe that's because Oscar and Emma have gotten an opportunity to work together several times. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that last match with Emma was excellent. Mm-hmm. This match was okay, and. I don't know, it's just because Asuka and Bailey haven't gotten a chance to work together. Obviously, Bailey is, I think, a supremely talented women's wrestler. She had some fantastic matches. But one thing that I'm sort of 
I'll, this is an aside, and I'll get back to my point, but one of the things I noticed about Charlotte was I used to think that she was very, very talented as a women's wrestler as well. But as I'm watching her wrestle more and more on the main roster and more singles matches, I realized that for in her time in NXT, I think that she was... I want to say carried because she is more talented than that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she, in some sense of the word, she was carried to matches that were better than she's capable of making on her own. And so my question now is, I've seen Bailey in a lot of these situations where she was in matches that you could arguably say were some of the best of the year. But was she maybe carried mm-hmm. to those results? Because... The one thing that I'm going to say is the one sort of common denominator in all of those excellent matches with Charlotte and with Bailey, to me, is Sasha Banks. Yep. Is she the one who is actually supremely talented? I, I, I'm just, this is speculation. I don't know if I believe that or not, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, I, I, I think what you're kind of getting at is the difference, and maybe this goes to a, a more broader topic, the difference between homegrown talents and talents who have experience in some cases around the world. You know, Asuka is a world-renowned talent. Bailey, to the best of my knowledge, is a WWE dev- I don't know that Bailey had a, you know, independent wrestling career before becoming Bailey. Uh, mm. Charlotte, whom I used to adore as a talent, started wrestling for the most part in WWE both Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch have had either independent experience or this world-renowned experience. So you've got someone, when you get Asuka and Bailey, you're, you've got someone who is trained in a, uh, what I'll call the WWE style of wrestling, which can be very good when done right, and you've got someone who has this more world-based kind of, mm-hmm. you know, experience. Emma had that same kind of experience. So she and Asuka could she could keep up with Asuka in a way that I don't think Bailey did. At least not this time. And again, it's their first meeting. If they have another match, I will assume it will be better cuz they'll have, you know, figured out a way to click a little bit more. But this match seemed to be a little you know, I almost want to say staccato in terms of, you know, they, yes. had a, they had a nice sequence, but then they had to struggle a little bit to get from one to the next to the next. And, yes. you know, the matches Bailey had with Sasha flowed. The match Correct. that I saw between Asuka and Emma flowed. Um, so I, I, I think that is definitely the observation that I yeah. am making. You know, yes. and, and I definitely agree with you on the force of nature part. You know, I predicted Bailey would retain the title in some form or fashion. But I've also made the prediction here on this show that Asuka does not lose in NXT. And I stand by that. I think, you know, eventually she either goes to WWE and the title, you know, is vacated, or some there has to be some sort of, you know, corporate chicanery that results in a new champion because she defeated the women's champion with relative ease and made her pass out. Yeah. Made her pass out. Name one, you know... Nia Jax, yeah, the other women on the roster, I don't see any of them coming close to being able to match that kind of as I mean, you what said, does, force. Here, here's a real question for you. What does Asuka do now? Okay, so she's going to defend against Bailey. Yeah, I, but there's going to be two, three rematches in that series, so it's not an immediate question. But at least, actually, I don't know that that's true. I, I, but, think, I think we get that sort of 
you know, I don't think we've had a, a significant like Bailey, Oscar, Naya, Eva match but that is kind of is Oscar's come- really first like thing that she's going to overcome outside of Bailey going to be Eva Marie and Nia Jax because I don't want to see that. Maybe but at the same. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you know they they made it look like Bailey was. If not injured, you know, she was hurting there. You know, they brought trainers out and all of that kind of thing. Maybe Bailey gets a couple of weeks off to establish Asuka as the champion. You know, maybe we see Asuka versus Naya and Eva in a handicap match where whoever pins Asuka wins. And I don't know. There is, but the, the problem here, and this is again why I said earlier that I don't know that Bailey goes to the main roster. I'm actually now fairly confident that she doesn't go to the main roster anytime soon. Is there's I mean, no part of that's the thing. You were about to say it, so I'm sorry for cutting you off. But part of the problem that I had with Bailey's run is that she had no good competitors to really give her a run for her money. I remember there was a takeover. I think it was a takeover. We watched her face Nia Jax, right? Like that was not a good solution, and it's also going to continue to not be a good solution for Asuka as champion. There is a there is a uh, lack of ready talent. You know, when you bring your three best women's wrestlers to the main roster to start a Divas Revolution, the minor league roster is the same thing with baseball. When you call up your two or three best prospects, your AAA team stinks because they've just lost their two or three best prospects. You know, you have this group of young female talents that need a chance to shine. I think Bailey can provide that in some ways. You've got this middle group of Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss, since apparently they've decided now she's a wrestler again, and Dana Brooke. I think Alexa Bliss is the most talented out of the rest of them. I think you might be right. Um, And I I think I'd like to see her get a shot. I'd like... Go ahead. I was going to say I would like to see... Oh God! What's uh, Carmella? You know they spun their wheels with Carmella for a month with Bailey, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that she's going to do anything more than that here. But if they have to fill time while they're trying to establish somebody else for Oscar, they could feed Carmella mm-hmm. to her. You're not watching Lucha Underground, correct? Uh, I don't believe I know what channel that's even okay. on. Okay. Uh, well, so no, it's on El Rey, right? But yeah, yeah I don't get at El the Rey, beginning so. of season two. Because things have changed apparently since I since I knew at the beginning of season two, their champion was uh, Mil Muertes, Thousand okay. Deaths, and uh, his manager, valet, handler, whatever, had kind of taken over the entire company. So he was sitting on a throne, kind of in the at you know at a high point in the stadium, and he was watching the matches. And you know, essentially, the idea was at least as far as I understood it, you know, he was waiting for a challenger to prove himself, prove themselves worthy enough for him to come down and face him. And I guess at one point... Shang Tsung! Kind of, it was was kind of that way. Um, You know, and I think at one point he was injured, but I think that was kayfabe. Anyways, you could make a case that that needs to happen with Asuka because Asuka continuing to run roughshod over these other talents isn't going to help you at all. It almost needs to be, she needs to just be, you know, watching while these other women 
try to vie for a chance. And when she sees one worthy, she walks to the ring and just kind of smiles at them. And, you know, and that she, she essentially chooses her next challenger as opposed to trying to make Nia Jax or Alexa Bliss or Dana Brooke seem like one. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like what you're saying. What you're, I would love to see a women's um, tournament, perhaps. Yeah. Something along those lines. Because uh, there's a lot of new talents there who exactly. have had a great opportunity to show what they've got and to establish themselves on that roster. Mm-hmm. And a tournament would at least give everybody a chance you know. to get in front of the audience. The other way to do that is to bring in female talent from around the world. And I, to be honest, and forgive me, I don't know if there is any. You know, if you could bring in some international talents who come to NXT to fight the champion, gives us you know because the world is better when Oscar wrestles, but she she can't wrestle this unless you're going to send down. Oh, guess what? Tamina Snuka wants a match, or oh, guess what? You know, they might go that route. Becky Lynch is going to come down one time just to test herself against the NXT champion. I would be okay with that too. What I the only thing I don't want to see yeah. is Oscar wrestling the that mid-card level. I just don't want to see her blowing through Peyton Royce and the exactly. other Jersey Girl yeah. and like that's just yeah, Billy mm-hmm. Kay and Santana Garrett and Jersey Girl 1 and Jersey Girl 2. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And what's the other one that Asuka already killed twice? That's Jersey Girl 1 or 2, Diana uh, Parazzo, oh, yeah. Parazzo. Parazzo. Yeah, yeah, okay. Splendifo. Yeah. All right. Um so, uh, according to Twitter, Bobby Roode is close to signing with WWE, but nothing is official yet, despite okay. the fact that they put him on camera. I gotta think that's only a matter of time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing Bobby Roode in uh, a WWE ring. I, I can't wait to watch NXTNA. It's gonna be so good. We're already watching it. That's what really. I'm saying. We're just gonna yeah. keep doing it. Um, yeah. Which brings us to our main event which I was far more entertained with than I expected to be solely because Samoa Joe almost lost an eye and then almost killed a security guard. (laughs) There were some good moments. Um, Starting at the very beginning, though, uh, what the heck was Balor's entrance? Uh, People keep saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I say, unless it's said by Doc Manson, the biggest horror movie fan I know... Like, nothing about that screamed Leatherface. Does Leatherface wear thing... a trench coat like that? No. He wears a butcher's smock. Yeah. So I, I didn't... There, the was, only... there was a chainsaw, and I was like, okay, so he stole... Dean Ambrose's shtick. Dean Ambrose's That's literally chainsaw? what I wrote down. The first thing I wrote about that, that entire match is, why is Finn Balor stealing Dean Ambrose's shtick? And, like, it wasn't a hardcore match... Um, there was like nothing. It wasn't like it in London where the Ripper was sense. part of the advertising. Like and, there was no connection to anything. And again, and I and, and part of me gets it. It's merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Finn Balor has tweeted multiple pictures of him with different variations of the face paint, and all they did for this one is add a splash of blue. Yeah, and it was you know, and I get it. You want to sell the Finn Balor T-shirt, so he has to keep wearing. I the will same say, 
the quality of the paint on him was superior than it's been in the past. It lasted it was a whole more, lot longer. It lasted longer, and it was far more vivid, mm-hmm. and there was higher contrast in yes. the colors. Well, and um, I think the fact they that definitely he wore, changed that. I think the fact that he wore bright blue tights helped there as well. Like you know, it went, and again, I didn't mind the look, but it's just the same, you know. The chainsaw was stupid. I liked the regular entrance better. And then when I realized, oh, he's putting down the chainsaw. What's that sitting there on the ramp just in the smoke? Oh, 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 it's the NXT Championship. Huh. Why didn't Joe just pick that up when when he walked in? Like, wouldn't he? I mean, like, I. The best part of that entrance. There's spectacle. I'll give them that. They're going for spectacle and they achieved it. But it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it looks like. I. It was garbage to me. The best part of that entrance was when the camera went to Samoa Joe, and he just... Yes. And he was just... He was like, like he I'm was, not impressed. Like he was waiting for a bus. <laughs> he was yep. just... And I was like, thank you. You just made that whole entrance. Mm-hmm. And then he bled from his eye for the entire match. Oh, my God. And the thing I'll say about that is, when something like that happens, I, me, I would want to call an audible. I would say, oh my god, you busted this guy open, he's a giant mess, and this is a guy, Samoa Joe, that you have been booking, you know, not like Asuka being a force of nature, you've been booking Samoa Joe as theory, anger, personified. He's just rage. That's all that he... To some degree. Less lovable, maybe. And (laughs) when you... Bust him open like that. That should only fuel him. And there, to me, there was no... No matter what you had planned, at that point, you should have capitalized on that moment, the spontaneity, And Samoa that Joe should visual, have just beaten the hell out of Finn Balor. And he should have taken that NXT championship. To be fair. To be fair. He I'm going to keep going back. He did kill that guy. Like you know, you could, awesome. you could tell that they were going for like it was he was supposed to like do like a hip toss and they mistimed it. So Joe just said, "You're small," and threw him. Yep. And then I'm like, "Oh, he went over the barricade." And then you look, the camera goes over, and there's this yellow smear on the ground in the shape of a security guard. And I'm like, "Oh God, he's dead! He's dead!" It was, um, you know, I I like the moment. I liked that match. A whole lot more because I liked watching Samoa Joe. And you're right. I think they should have called an audible. You didn't even need to do a title change necessarily there. But, you know, Samoa Joe could have gotten himself disqualified. But I liked watching him try to wave off the the medical staff that's coming down to clean, you know. That was my one big problem with the match was the constant intrusions by the medical staff. I understand you got busted open the hard way. You want to take care of it. Yeah. But honestly, I would almost rather... That you legitimately just sort of stop the match, say, we're going to start again in five minutes, let's just clean him up, yeah, and let and them go. go. Yeah. Because they just, they, they, they kept going, and you could hear the crowd every single time they let would get booed. Let him bleed, let him bleed, let yeah. him, you know. Because the, the guy, the medical staff came over like five or six times. Well, yeah, because, and then every time, you know, because it's not like it changed the quality of the action at one point, like... Finn Balor kicked him in the eye again, and it busted him open again. So, yeah. you know, I and I I kept thinking about the Usos. If that was when the Usos started to wear paint, 
if it was just they bled one time and they you know because he looked like he had kind of uso style paint on one yeah. side of his face and it just looked so much better yeah but um um you know and, uh, one thing i'll say about the rest of the quality of that match i mean it's it was okay but I can go without ever seeing a uh, what is it called a sling blade into a drop kick ever again. The last they went to the well so many freaking times on that. The last thing I wrote before I just kind of finished it was how many sling blades do you need? He was yes. he was venturing into Scott Steiner territory. It, it, it was noticeable to me. I counted at least three, and at, I at wasn't least. paying attention. So, yeah. you know, you, you do a move once, it's fine. Twice, it's fine. Even three times, it's fine. Any more than that, and you're Scott Steiner belly into belly in people because that's all you know how to do now. Yeah. I don't know. I did not appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I, And so, to some degree, this was par for the course, another Finn Balor match. And I still don't understand why they set these guys up to wrestle again months later with the same outcome. Like, I... We have we have had zero movement mm-hmm. in the main event scene of NXT since Finn Balor won that title from Kevin Owens. I, Think about how long Kevin Owens has been on the main roster. Oh yeah, no, he's they've, they've said it's you know he's approaching a calendar year, and I don't know if it's they want the Finn Balor Nakamura marquee matchup. I don't you know, I, and then Samoa Joe loses. He's standing there in disbelief, bleeding, and he just walks away. And he just walks away. Like, at what you know, is is he going to come out now and just say, obviously, I'm not ready? To, you know, like, I don't know what that means. You know, part of me is wondering, is he done? Like, he can't be done. Is he? Maybe did, he's done. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Because yeah. if he had continued to attack him, you know, after the bell, he just continues. He lets that rage monster out and destroys him. Then at least you have reason to set up for another match. I can't see him taking a step backwards and being like, oh, now I'm going to fight Austin Aries for some reason. Samoa Joe is probably the worst booked talent that I've seen them bring into NXT. Like, in terms of squandered I'm, I'm, potential. I'm trying to think about... Yeah, well, I mean that's hard to say. He, that 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 is hard to say, right? Because I mean he's being booked very strongly. He's being booked into main event matches. Like it's not like they just brought him on and forgot about him. But they're not capitalizing on his potential at all. He's just losing. I have to wonder if he's done. Like you know, his yeah. contract was always kind of up in the air. We weren't sure what was going on, or. And, you know, this is... I'm, I'm heading back up on my unicorn into the pie-in-the-sky area here. He's going to show up in WWE. He did his thing that... He did his thing in NXT, you know... Pegasus. F- Pegasus. Thank you. Not the unicorn. You're welcome. Um, maybe he shows up on the main roster. You know, now maybe. He's, he's done. He's done with Finn Balor. He didn't win the NXT title, but there's bigger things. And he shows up in, you know... He comes out... <laughs> And helps Triple H retain the title, attacking Roman Reigns. And, I'd love to see it. And now he's a WWE guy. I could see that now. I used to think he was never going to see the main roster. Now that ended so curiously. I have to wonder if that's the next option. If it's just all right, bring him up. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, so. this is a guy who you know 
is a workhorse. Um, yeah. I think they've they've got to be happy with the performance that he's put in. He's one of the, he's been vouched for very heavily by Stone Cold Steve Austin, yep. who you know still has sway in the company. You're crinkling a lot over there, by the way. Uh, something keeps on your microphone uh, or something. Oh, sorry, I was fiddling. That's okay. I was fiddling with the uh, headphones, which was oh, sorry, Mike. My apologies, uh, there, neighborhood. It's okay. Uh, and um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he does have a shot on the main roster. I I would love to see it because there's nothing left for him to do in NXT if he is not their champion. Agreed. So um, uh, what what's next for Finn Balor? I know we don't care very much, but what is next for our NXT champion? There, you know, Nakamura. It doesn't matter. Or- At this point, I guarantee you they're going to let him hold that belt for a year. Oh yeah. So I don't know how much longer that is, mm-hmm. but whatever he's going to do now, it doesn't matter. And if anything, all this says to me is Balor Club is not in the verge of happening, right? I don't know. I can't see him showing up in WWE now. I don't no, think that's going to unlikely. Happen. You know, I... He, they didn't show up at NXT. They, you know, there was a picture. Uh, Albert Matt Bloom, the trainer down there, showed a picture of them kind of in the background working out at the Performance Center. But mm. I don't, I don't know. Are they going to, you know, I, I'm not sure what happens with that. Uh, what you know was interesting was early on in the card, they had some advertisement about the next tour they were doing, and they said, "Come see Finn Balor, Baron Corbin." And Bailey, and those were the three people we kind of all expected to make, you know, perhaps a transition to WWE. And they're talking about June and July. I don't think any of them are near future call-ups for the, for WWE. You know, now I mean, I'm, now I'm thinking cart, it's Samoa Card is always subject to change. Yeah, you know? I suppose so they could be trying to misdirect us for yeah. all we know. Yeah, um, but now but, I'm starting yeah. to think. All right, it's Enzo and Cass obviously are already on their way up because they weren't. They also were not part of this. Uh, takeover, you know. Maybe it's Samoa Joe. Maybe Eva Marie lasts. You know, she beats. She forget this triple threat. She be she becomes the next Divas champion. Yeah, she can be the next Divas champion. But meanwhile, the women's champion will be doing something far more. Watchable. They they had that when they did a brand split. They had a Divas champion and a women's champion. They mm-hmm. could they could have your here's your reality show wrestling and here's the actual wrestling. Um. So. We're we're sort of going back and forth now, so I mean we're we're sort of done talking. I think about the NXT takeover. How would you card, grade it for the most part? If you had to give it a, a letter grade, how would you grade it? Uh, a minus, exactly maybe. What I would say a minus to maybe even a, you yeah. know the only real. I enjoyed Joe versus Balor more than I thought I would because I've never seen someone get such an injury so early. So just what, you know, the the having the doctors come out to, you know, clean him up was annoying, but at the same time, I've never seen that before. At least not like that. Uh the yeah. only match that I thought didn't do anything for me too much was Corbin versus Aries. Okay, and even it that one fine, I thought was but a passable, it was fine, a passable but match. When you but compare yeah. it to some of the other ones, you know. And and you were, I think you were right there again because, you know, I said which which superstar would we be talking about once this show is over? I predicted Austin Aries. Again, wrong. And you said Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, 
and that was the safe. I got to stop trying to go for the you know outside the box picks. <laughs> they're not working for me here. Let's see. That's the reason why we. That's exactly the reason why we shouldn't keep <laughs> track because. That makes for I was boring. Say, I predicted Rod Dicker win the US title, so I, we might never do predictions again. That might that might that might go the we'll way see. of wrestler birthdays. Uh, so, uh, are you? Yeah. The one thing I it. wanted to, to sort of branch out into here is because we've been talking about the main roster a little bit. Do you have any sort of last minute thoughts on what we're going to see going into WrestleMania? Because I've been thinking very heavily... Think about that for a moment. I've been thinking very heavily about Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker. And, you know, last time we spoke, I was... just I, 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 w- I did not believe. I, I, I could not give any credit to the idea of that match going on last. Since then, I've seen a lot of reports that say it's scheduled to go on last. So, if that is the case... Do, uh, do you happen to have down in front of you what my prediction was for that match? Yes, I actually don't we recall. both said Shane McMahon. What? Shane McMahon. Okay. Uh, you know, I still think it's Shane McMahon. But now, like, I think... I'm just... My mind is running a thousand miles into the future. Because, like, at the same time, last time we talked, I think I said, I can't see Undertaker really losing his ability to wrestle at WrestleMania. I can't see this being his last match. But... You know, there's so many different things that we could see. I think we could see Sting coming out, and that allows Sting to win. That allows Shane to win the match, setting up Sting versus Undertaker down the line. Um, you know, we know Undertaker is not long for the company anymore. He's going to be retiring before too too long. Like maybe this could be a storyline where you know he's not going to be allowed to wrestle at WrestleMania next year, but then he goes on to win the Royal Rumble, which means he has to go to WrestleMania. Or maybe he becomes champion before that, and he has to go to WrestleMania because he's the champion defending against John Cena, who is going to beat him to become the 16-time World Champion. Or, you know, there's so many different possibilities there now that. I, you know, I think by actually having the stipulation, well, let me back up a second. I think we said that we were at one time it was crazy that they were telegraphing the main event of a WrestleMania a year in advance. And you probably weren't watching at the time, but that was when they were doing John Cena versus The Rock, and they said a year from now this is going to be that match, and that's crazy, and they shouldn't do that because somebody could get injured, yada yada yada. And the same thing is going on now. I think they're not. They're not putting anything on paper, per se. But by setting up a stipulation now that that Undertaker is not going to be able to wrestle at future WrestleManias, to me, that says that Undertaker is going to be heavily involved in the lead-up to WrestleMania next year. He is going to be involved in a marquee match at that WrestleMania. And there's a good possibility that next year is mm-hmm. his send-off. And I think, you know... One way to easily do it is John Cena helps Shane win. John Cena helps Maybe. Shane win. Shane, you know, is part of... And then Monday on Raw, John Cena comes out and says, I held up my end of the deal. You've got to figure out a way. I want Undertaker at WrestleMania 33. And Shane's yeah. like, all right. And he, you know... And then you've got that. And again, it's, you know, the only way you do it is when it's those two kind of stars. I'm... I just watched Mark Hen. I mean, frankly, the way I think it is is Undertaker can't wrestle WrestleMania. Can't wrestle WrestleMania. I think he wins okay. the Rumble next year. That's what That's I think. Totally fine. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, it's all pie in the bu- pie in the sky right now. It's what, all what fantasy not, booking. But 
I've, I've, I've just been thinking about this so much. They've done such a good job. I just want to reemphasize that. They have done such a good job for a match that, honestly, we could sit here and say that the storyline build to that match didn't make any sense. The players in that match weren't the right ones. They never explained mm-hmm. themselves. But I'm spending so much time thinking about this match. Like, mm-hmm. I don't well, know, and, man. And like, hats off. For everything that went wrong, well, they deserve a lot of credit. A, there's something to be said for leaving things open to interpretation because wrestling fans like you and I will then try to interpret it. You know, there are going to be and I've said that for a long time. I want I want subtleties yeah. to my storylines. I want dynamic characters. I want multiple things moving at the same time. Yeah. And that's exactly there what are they've be given people me. For the next 5, 10, 15 years trying to figure out what in the world was in the box that Shane McMahon alluded to that one time and we haven't heard about again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's been plenty of storyline failures leading up to this match. But at the same time, the ambiguity, all the different possibilities, they finally have given us a dynamic storyline that is engaging those parts Mm -hmm. of my brain and makes me realize why I love wrestling. Yes. And that is very different from how I felt coming out of Fastlane last year. Well, and that's that's very true. In... In the span of a year, they went from getting you to cancel your WWE network, or, you know, 13 months, to getting you to cancel your WWE network to you now, you know, preaching preaching positivity here on DDT Wrestling. I mean, Roman Reigns might win tomorrow at WrestleMania, and I'm fine with that. I don't like it, but I'm fine with it because it won't I'm still saying, of the three main events... Ambrose, Brock, Reigns, Triple H, Shane, and Undertaker. Roman Reigns and Triple H, I am predicting, happens first. I think there's I think there's a good chance now, after hearing all the reports, I have to give credibility that there that could be like a yeah. nine o'clock hour. They've got four hours, they're like, gonna want to keep match. your interest, so that's gonna go on right around nine thirty. You leave, you have, you know, a match in between, then Ambrose and Lesnar goes on in your, you know, ten o'clock ish hour, and then All I can say is if they don't do that. Can you imagine what it's gonna be like watching WrestleMania at my place tomorrow when you come over, because I know you're going to. Can you imagine what it's going to be like watching that show when Triple H and Roman Reigns hasn't happened yet, and there's only three cards left, three matches left on the card, and it's still not them. There's no, two and then, matches well, left, and then it's still the not them. It's, it's the penultimate match, and the cell starts lowering, right. and you're like, really? How many people are? We're going just going to start scratching no, what you're our heads. Do, I honestly, at that point, I'll be like, well, I'm going to go to bed after this. Yeah. I just I can't imagine them doing that now. I so, really can't. I, does WrestleMania start? I you know, and I know they've got pre shows and all of that kind of stuff. Does the show proper start at seven or at eight tomorrow? Do you know? I all believe right. at seven. So, it starts at seven. So it'll go seven to eleven. So 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 be to my place. You know, what six, time is the Kentucky Fried Chicken? That'd be great. Here. Uh, I haven't spoken to GQ, but I, I should have gone to his house. You. Like literally, but you should probably let me know if I need to tell him to bring enough KFC I, for an extra. I will, an extra I, you game. will be the first to know. 
Actually, no. Mrs. Come Mas- on! Mrs. Matthews will be the first to know. I'll also send you when that happens. I'll let <laughs> you know what she's eating because she doesn't eat KFC. So GQ, GQ will need okay. to go and get something else for her. Well, we'll have okay. a veggie platter. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are in the midst of WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the New Age Insiders, I believe, are currently at some Evolve show. Somebody still needs to explain what Evolve is. I think that's Progress Wrestling or something. Uh, but, uh, although that could be wrong, maybe it's Dragon's Gate. Is it Dragon's Gate, Evolve? Shows you what little I know about this. Yes, I believe right. it is, yes. I'm, I'm very confused about... What the difference between Evolve and Dragon's Gate is, if they're the exact same thing. Some uh, someone should head. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm someone should really head sure. to ddtpod.com, register for the forums, and post something that explains it for us, so that we know what we're talking about. All right, absolutely. Uh, you might have just seen Mrs. Manson uh, walk in the room. She wrote me a note here. Uh, she wanted me to remind you. Uh, well, not remind you, but to tell you that on the uh, card, not on the card, on the menu tomorrow night will be Ghirardelli Brownies. And you're allowed to have oh, as wow. many as you well, like. Thank you. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken and Ghirardelli Brownies. Yeah, I'm going to get to go to this. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are in the midst of WrestleMania weekend, and it is a wonderful time. I am actually probably going to go rewatch American Alpha and the Revival and the Nakamura match because they were both so gosh darn good. Uh, but... Uh, we will be podcasting. I might go back and watch Oscar versus Emma too. again. Man, Emma got sweaty. <laughs> uh, are we still on for our Monday morning AM radio show? You, you've taken Monday off, correct? So that we can so that we can do all of this. <laughs> uh, that it. Uh, uh, nope. <sighs> You're killing me. All right. Uh, we hope you enjoyed NXT Takeover. Feel free to find us on Twitter at DC Matthews NAI at Doc Manson. Head to ddtpod.com. Join the forums. Tell us your thoughts. I know the masked fan just posted something uh, while we were doing this. Uh, while we were doing this show. So I hope you're enjoying WrestleMania weekend. And until we next speak to you, anything final you want to say there, Doc? Don't forget you can listen to our podcast on iTunes or your podcast directory of choice. And while you're at iTunes, it would be great if you were to leave us a review. This will be, I believe, the first DDT exclusive podcast. I don't plan there on sending go. this to the New Age. I insiders. forgot about that. The only way they will hear this is to subscribe, well, is to download and find it on iTunes or their podcast of choice. So, Amazing. We need to advertise that on Twitter. Then we will be doing that. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>